what we're going to be talking about. Uh, get my notes. There you go. You're on. I'm live. All right. All right. Does everybody have a handout? I see handouts. Good, good. There's a couple more back here on the table. Uh, yeah, sure. uh, what, Steve? Um, here, Sherry, can you push the door shut? I'm going to start hollering here in a second. I'm going to go all Billy Graham in here. Man, it is. you guys have no idea how, how awesome it is to see people. Yeah, Cody? One more handout. Are, are we out? Does anyone care to double up? Okay. We can share. Yeah, this is an awesome crowd. That's what I'm talking about. Um, it's been me and Sherry in here by ourselves, and then Steve and Angie by themselves. You know, when we do these Facebook lives, they get in front of the camera, and it is just so weird teaching to a camera. You know, I want to see faces, eyebrows. You know, people that are like following or they're not following. Beautiful smiles with beautiful people. People, believers, all meeting and fellowshipping in the same room, and this is just great. Alright, so last week we started uh, kind of a new series, as Steve mentioned, on the mysteries. And it is all about being established, because as believers, there are things that we need to know to get through this life, to be established. And... So and we've been talking about discipleship. So this is kind of a little parenthesis in discipleship because the knowing the mysteries in the Bible, the mysteries of our faith, are part of the discipleship growth process. So it's it it just all works out really well. And now we got Tom. This is just awesome. Yes. Tom is speaking today. I don't know if he knew it. Um, Yeah, I'll give him the mic. Um, So, we started last Sunday night, and and some of you may not have been able to attend, so I tried to do a good job to summarize what we talked about last Sunday night. Let's let's take our Bibles first and go to 1 Corinthians 4, 1 and 2. It's It's on your handout here. Because this is kind of our theme verse for this little series on on the mysteries. Uh, we're out of, well, I think we're out of handouts, Tom. Is it, would anyone else be able to double up? We can share. Yeah, cool. Man, that's my bad. I didn't print a whole bunch because I wasn't sure how many would be here. This is a pretty good print. So, yes, I'm so excited. It's very cool. All right, 1 Corinthians 4. All right, would anyone want to care to read verses 1 and 2? Any volunteers? All right, Sarah. So look at Apollos and me as Oh, 1 Corinthians 4. I always thank my God for you and for the gracious gifts he has given you. Now that you belong to Christ Jesus. Okay. First Corinthians four. Oh yeah, you did second. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> Verses one and two. First Corinthians four. Okay. Which version? Uh, why don't I read it? <laughs> <laughs> Tell her it's on the paper. It is on the paper. Yeah, read it from your paper. <laughs> 
All right, here, here's, this is our anchor verse. Oh, it's been a minute. It has been a minute. we got to learn. Oh, that's cool. I'll read it. First, first Corinthians 4, 1 and 2. Let a man so account of us as ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Okay, Paul, in this little passage here, Paul is talking to the Corinthian church. He's kind of letting them know that he's the one in authority here and that he's a minister of Christ and he is, and we're to be stewards of the mysteries of God. All right, so what we talked about last week, as believers, hopefully everyone in this room is a believer. We've all asked the Lord Jesus Christ in our heart. If we're not, we're close to it. And then people on, online. As believers, we are to be stewards of certain things. All right, well, what's a steward? And that's the first question. Who remembers what is a steward? Representative? Or servant? It's a manager. A manager. Sarah's got it. It is someone that takes care of other people's stuff. If you ever babysat someone's kids, you're a steward of their kids. You are someone who takes care of other people's stuff. Kind of like a union steward. Like a union steward. Like a stewardess on an airplane. They take care of you. The Titanic stewards I talked about last week. They take care of you. It's whenever you give someone something very valuable and you expect them to take good care of it and give it back to you. God does that with us. We are stewards of some things some of God's things that he has given us that we're to be good stewards of. And we talked about that. So the first blank is that what is a steward? It's someone takes care of other people's stuff. In Genesis 39, 4, that's a reference to Joseph. He was, he was a good example of a steward in the Bible. All right. Second question came to our bonus question. What kinds of things did we talk about last week? that we are stewards of God's thing. Like, what, what things has God given us that we're stewards of? And I just named out seven last week because I like the number seven. We're stewards of creation. You know, God has given us this earth to take care of. Yeah. The Bible? The Word, yes. That's part of the, the manifest grace of God. Um, our bodies. <laughs> this here specimen I'm to take care of and you are too and, and you know so think of that when we're at the golden corral God wants us to take care of our bodies so we should get another dessert another dessert feed that flesh so our bodies are something we're supposed to take care of our physical bodies and then our spiritual bodies you know we're supposed to that's why we're here we're here to exercise and to grow our spiritual health um, yeah, people. People. Yeah, that was another one I mentioned. You know, God God loves people, and we're to take care of people. And those are some verses there that were some of the things that, that I mentioned last week. And for detail, you can always watch the, the teaching last week. So what kinds of things are we stewards of? Your creation, our bodies, other people, the word, just all that. Well, one of the things we're to be stewards of that we just read is the mysteries of God. As believers, God expects us to know the material we're getting ready to go through and to take good care of it and to share it. Does this make sense? Mm-hmm. Yes, this is awesome. Having a head shaking. So good. All right, now that rolls us into the next question, which really starts getting personal. 
think of a steward, a butler, you know, a stewardess or someone that takes care of other people's stuff. When you do a good job with it, you get paid. You get paid a reward for how well you were a steward. Mm-hmm. All right? I mean, that's just, we all know that. We, we all go to our jobs and we're good at it. We expect to be paid fairly. It's the same with God and us. He has given us to be stewards of his things and that there will be a payday. Mm-hmm. So that question is, what future event will us believers receive our rewards for how well we steward these things? And we talked about this last week. The judgment seat of Christ. Mm-hmm. There are, it's, and it's, we use the word judgment, but it's not really a judgment. We've already been judged when we're believers. It's the judgment seat of Christ is our performance review. Most of us have jobs here. We've all had a performance review. Once a year, you sit before your boss, and he tells you how you're doing. Sometimes it's a surprise. You didn't realize you were off. Sometimes you're, you're on, but it's the performance review. And I wanted to read this verse, the, the 2 Corinthians 5.10. This is one of the verses that talk about the judgment seat of Christ. So let's go to 2 Corinthians 5.10. 2 Corinthians 5.10. All right. Paul is talking about the rapture. The rapture is an event that's any day now. You know, we hear all the Christians with the COVID. We're talking about end times, things going on in Israel. We're all looking forward to the rapture, which is when the Lord takes the church off the earth and we get out of this mess and we go to be with him. So that's what Paul's talking about in this chapter. Look down at verse 10. After he talks about the rapture, he says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body, whether to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. This is one of the many verses that talk about the judgment seat of Christ. There's several of them. We're all excited for the rapture. Yeah, I'm ready to get out of here. But when we go to the rapture, we go straight to our performance review, the judgment seat of Christ, which is a little more humbling because in verse 11, it's called the terror of the Lord. Some of us will fare well for the, what we've done in this body, and some of us won't fare well. We're still going to heaven. We're there. This is about our inheritance. So being stewards of God's stuff and taking good care of what he has given us to take care of will kind of determine how this performance review comes out. Okay, so that's all things to ponder. So one of the things, like I said, that he, he wants us to take care of and to know are these mysteries. So, and it's really important that we know these. Um, any questions so far? All right. So the last question on the first page of the handout, we're supposed to know these mysteries. Well, what's a mystery? How can you know a mystery? Does anyone remember what we talked about last week? What a, the definition of a mystery, it's in the Bible. Yeah, Rich? Religious truth that one can only... T- no, by uh, revelation. Yeah, that, that's good. It's it's 
It's truth that God wants us to know that was hidden, but now it's revealed to us. Steve, that's good. He, in Romans 16, let's actually go to Romans 16. This defines a mystery. As Paul is wrapping up the book of Romans. That's Romans what now? Uh, Romans 16. Romans 16, verse 25 is where I'm going to start. The last two verses. Paul's wrapping up the book and he says, Now to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began. But, in verse 26, but now is made manifest and by the scriptures of the prophets according to the commandment of the everlasting God has made known to all nations for the obedience of faith. There are the, the whole Old Testament, this is why I love the Old Testament, is... Okay, let me hold that thought. I just thought of another thought. <laughs> Christmas time. Can't wait for Christmas. Whenever you have Christmas presents for your kids and they want to know what is the present, you, you give them hints, right? And a good parent gives them accurate hints, but they're not, you're not telling them what it is exactly. You're just giving them, you know, it's, it's blue, it's something you ride, you know, and, and you're, you're being like that. So then on Christmas morning when they open the present and it's a bicycle or something, Okay, yeah, the hints were all right. Now it makes sense. That is what the Old Testament is. That's good. In the Old Testament, there are hundreds of prophecies and like mystery passages about Jesus that that they didn't quite get, you know, because they didn't it wasn't Christmas yet. Well, now it's Christmas, and now we see Jesus, and we see what he did, and that, that as he lived his life, he fulfilled all like 350 uh, prophecies about him. Oh, now it all makes sense. So now the mystery of the Old Testament has been revealed by Jesus. So that's what a mystery is. It's something that was kept secret by God, and now it's revealed. We're to understand, as, as believers in this New, New Testament setup, we're to understand what those mysteries are. Hence our, our new uh, series we're going through. All right, next page. Is everyone tracking with me? All right, good deal. Then I talked about, for a little bit, why. I mean, yeah, the judgment seat of Christ. Is we, we need to know these things. Why is it vital? I, I, I made it in bold. It's vital that we learn the mysteries of the faith. And, and we learn the solid Bible teachings that, that us believers need to know. It, it's taught at this church. We've got Discipleship 1, which most of us have been through. Discipleship 2, which I think some of us have. We've got HBI. We've got all this solid Bible teaching. Why is it vital that we know these things? So we can make it to heaven. Well, close. Or walk in his faith. Walking or walk, Pam. So we'll have an answer. We'll have an answer. That's good. That's good. These are all good. And that's why I do the little guy with the net here. 
I love this little drawing. I've used it several times. So I've got to keep using it. I spend a lot of time on it. So here's the deal. And, And this is what I described last week. As you learn Bible truth, it's like you're weaving a net, a safety net. And every truth that you learn, you weave another layer of your net. So... As you're walking down the narrow road, you know, like Rosie said, you're walking down this road of faith, which is even on our first page of the handout. Steve drew the little, the little road to heaven. It's a narrow road that we walk as believers. And there are all these characters in life, and on Facebook, and on Twitter, and everything else, that are trying to knock you off that road. Yeah, yeah and, and so when they knock you off that road, you've got a safety net of truth to put you back upright. Uh, and that's why it's so important that we know true, the Bible truth. What does the Bible say about anything? You know, I, I made the comment about it was like 65% of Jehovah Witness folks are former like Bible church people, Baptists, who knows, probably got saved. But they didn't have this safety net. So when someone comes knocking on their door talking about these things they hadn't really heard of, they didn't have that net to keep them on the path. And they fell. And now they're on this other path. So it's just vital that we understand Bible truth so you can build your own safety net. As you go to work, as you're on Facebook, you're reading all the goofy stuff out there, it's keeping you on the path. So that's that. I better cook along. So any questions so far? Those are kind of the things we talked about last week. Um, and actually, I was going to even talk about... We do learn... Okay, let's say today you get an email. You get an email today from your from a lawyer that your rich uncle in Nigeria has passed away. And that if you send in like a couple hundred bucks, then they can transfer your uncle's assets to your bank. Yeah, I used to get that email all the time. I have a lot of uncles in Nigeria. <laughs> but, when we, but we have been trained to recognize that as a scam. It's a phishing attempt, so it's called. The same for Bible truth. We need to have that training so when we hear goofiness that's out there, it's everywhere. It's in, it's in the music we listen to. I, mean, I like K-Love as much as anyone, but, but sometimes I think I can't believe that's a song because that's not biblical. But, but it's out there. And, you know, Stuff on Facebook. It is everywhere. So it's so important that we know and we can recognize false doctrine. That's what the whole book of Galatians is about. It's Paul encouraging people to to learn your word so you can recognize false doctrine. Alright, so at, at the bottom, those are the seven mysteries that we're going to go through. Um, you know, I showed this last week. It's, it's, if anyone that's, Has anyone taken D2 in here? Pam has, okay. Me and Sherry have. So you, you recognize these. We These are taught extensively in D2, Discipleship 2 course. Um, that's kind of where I pulled some of this info out. Uh, the mystery of godliness we're going to talk about today. Uh, then we'll do the, the following. Now, the fun ones, I have fun with 6 and 7. That's dealing with the end times, the Antichrist. That's a lot of history. 
a lot of book of Daniel cool stuff in there. We can actually have fun with those. Well, we can have fun with all of them. So anyway, that's 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 the seven that we're going to talk about. All right, next page. So we're going to talk about the first one: mystery of godliness. This is introduced in 1 Timothy 3.16. You know, I might mention there's a concept in Bible study. I've mentioned it before, but it's always good to talk about it. Whenever you're talking about a subject of the Bible, like a, a topic, like mysteries of godliness, there's going to be a law of uh, first mention, the first time it's brought up. Then there's going to be like a law of full mention, because things are mentioned multiple times. So I kind of use the verses of, of the you know, the full mention. So like this is really describing the mystery of godliness. Um, so it's here there. So let's go to First Timothy three sixteen. This is going to be our our mystery of the day, the mystery that was hidden that is is now made revealed. So First Timothy three sixteen. All right. Yes, all right, here we go. We're going to be looking at this several times, so I'll, we'll come back to it. So he starts out, he says, and, which and is a conjunction. It's, it's a, because of what I've just said. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in in the world and received up in the glory. Yeah, that's a pretty simple verse. I mean, obviously it's talking about Jesus. The mystery of godliness is that's kind of the life of Jesus. And we're going to kind of dissect this out. So let's let's look at the verse again. I'll count your handout. Uh, I put the verse as introduced in without controversy. So it's, there's no doubt about what we're talking about here. Everyone knows without a doubt that's what he's saying. Great is the mystery. Two of the mysteries he calls great. This is one of them. The next one is, uh, is next week's, the church. Alright, so this is, a, without a doubt, this is an awesome, how awesome is the mystery of godliness. Now notice there's a colon after godliness. It's always good to know English on things like these because the colon uh, creates like a list like what's 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 following is a list so it's great as a mystery of godliness colon and here it is it's those six things that that list out about the life of Christ um, I think in the order to do this and we'll talk about those six in a little bit now the definition now this is where it gets a little little tricky. I think the order I explain this um, is the word godliness. So we're going to talk about godliness for a little bit here. And I put the definition of godliness. This is kind of the definition of the mystery that a believer's godliness, which is growing and living in the Christian life, is based on a mystery. And the mystery is something that was concealed that now we know about the redemptive plan of God. And then God manifests in the flesh and the other works of the Lord Jesus Christ. All right, so I'm going to divulge here for a second. Uh, Brian actually, Brian Hedges actually got me started on this thought. Um, I don't know if you follow him on Facebook, but he made a reference to the movie Meatballs. 
uh, and it's an 80s movie. It's one of my favorites, so you can't be quoting meatballs without me noticing. But anyway, uh, and he quoted it, but he didn't say what movie it is. And so, hey, that's meatballs, man. That's awesome. So anyway, all right. In the 80s, there was a movie with Michael J. Fox, The Secret of My Success. Does anyone remember that? Yes. Awesome, awesome movie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's okay. But anyway, the, the movie, the secret of his success was that he was living two lives, basically. Here's the story with Michael, because this applies to us. Michael J. Fox, he's working in the mailroom, trying to be a good mailroom guy. He's also wanting to be like an executive in the building. So he's like acting like he's an executive in the company, but he's also in the mailroom. So he's leading two lives. And uh, it's killing him because he's he's working 24 hours a day because it's it's hard to do that. Um, and we're the same way. We sometimes try to lead two lives, and it's hard, and we can. We're going to kill ourselves. And what Paul is saying here is that the mystery of godliness, leading a good life, is in Jesus. It's what Jesus did. This is something. This is another analogy I thought of. I, I was in Boy Scouts my whole teen years. I started out as a little Cub Scout, and I went up through, and I was, all, I was almost an Eagle Scout, but I I lost interest. Um, girls and music, you know, still story. <laughs> yeah, well, that's actually pre-sharing. Um, part of our Boy Scout training, they would push us into a lake, fully clothed. And uh, they taught us how to survive. You know, you could take your pants off and blow and do some things and make a life preserver out of your, your jeans. And it really does work. And, but one of the main things they taught us that I never forgot is that when you get pushed into the water and you start dog paddling, because you're going to be, you're panicking, you're afraid, you know, you're in the lake and you're doing this, you, you want to survive, so you're dog paddling and you, you can't sustain that. You're going to wear out and drown. So what you do is when you get pushed in a lake, you just... Relax. You fill your lungs with air, and you can just float. And then you can do that for hours, you know. And that's what the mystery of godliness reminds me of. We're all trying to lead these two lives, or multiple lives. We're busy trying to be good, or trying to be what a believer should be, when really the secret, the mystery of it, is that we don't need to, that Jesus already did everything, so we can just relax. Does this make sense? So the mystery are those six things that he did that we'll kind of talk about. Um, his plan. Now, when he's talking about godliness, Paul, and it ties in kind of with Brian, Paul's in Acts, and he's at the very last chapter. The, the final books that Paul wrote, 1st, 2nd Timothy and Titus, they're really, um, Paul's getting ready to leave the scene. He's getting ready to be executed when he wrote Timothy here and when he wrote Second Timothy and Titus. When he wrote those books, Paul is, is, knows that he, his death is soon. And those books really aren't full of doctrine. They're not full of teaching about how to do things or like that. There are books that, that are encouraging Timothy and us to just live a godly life. You know, do do good. Follow his commandments. Um, 
don't try to live the double life and try to do the church thing and do the work thing and just do just be godly follow his commandments learn his commandments relax in what he did and that's what's needed with those those books the word godliness shows up in our new testament i think i wrote it on the handout somewhere it shows up like 15 times the word godliness and all all it, they're all in the Timothy and Titus and, and Peter. It's it's Second Peter. It's the books where the apostles are getting ready to die. And above all other things, be godly. Um, yeah, I'm going to skip some of that. So yeah, this shows up. Not yeah, nine times in First Timothy alone. All right. So what is godly? And that's why I put the little. Uh, let's talk about godliness for a second. This is kind of an English lesson, just high level. Because I think it's interesting, so I, I, that's why I drew that little little graphic there. Godly plus ness. What is this godliness? Well, someone that's godly, you know, we think of like Steve or pastors, Brian. Someone that is that loves God and is following His commandments. That's a godly person. We all agree to that, probably. Don't, don't give Steve an ego over there. Yeah. <laughs> but we all want to be that way. We all want to be considered godly. We all want to. We all want to follow God's commandments yeah. and and put those commandments into our daily life. Okay, so that's the word godly. Ness. That's just a little suffix, and it means the act of being. The root adjective. Someone is kind, they have kindness. They're the act of being kind. Or someone is godly, they, they live right, they follow, they love God, they, they follow his commandments, they're morally upright, they have godliness. So that's how those words kind of join together. I think it's pretty cool. Uh, and you can do that with anything. Business, if you're busy, you're busy. If you're in business, then you're busy being busy, making money or whatever you're doing, burning the candle. So the, the little suffix ness is kind of, and it's all through the Bible, you know, blamelessness, all these different, going from an adjective to a noun, with the, with the thing ness, and that's what it is. So when we talk about the mystery of godliness, it's the secret to your success. If someone says, how you're a believer, you're hitting on all eight cylinders, you know, you're awesome. How do you do it? The seek the mystery of godliness is in Christ. It's that God was manifest in the flesh and made it possible for us to be that way, for Him to work through us. Alright, so then I put uh, godliness found fifteen times in the Bible, it's in the New Testament only. Uh, it's really cool if you have a Bible program to do a, a word search for godliness and see all the different ways it's used. And it just it matches, you know, my definition here. It's all it's all good. Uh, these guys are just impressing on these believers as they leave the scene. Be godly, live godly. You know, uh, resist the bad teaching. Uh, you know, First Timothy four seven. Anyway, you can you can read through all those. It's really exhorting them, and and they all they all have a. a, a a matter of urgency in it too. You know, it's, it's something you must do. So, all right, the last. Are we on the last page? Yeah, we are. All right, so the mystery 
This is a kind of a definition again of the mystery of godliness. The, the mystery, this revealed truth of our ability to lead these lives of godliness is due to, to God being manifest in the flesh and the things that he did, his redemptive plan. And so there's the verse again. 1 Timothy 3.16 Without controversy, without a doubt. Great. This is an awesome one. The mystery of godliness. The secret to your success is those six things. And we all recognize those six things. The very first one, God is manifest in the flesh. And this is a big one. I think that's why it's listed first. And that's why the mysteries are usually listed first. There's nowhere in the Bible that does it say mystery number one is the mystery of godliness. That's a man thing. And that's probably because this one is monumental. It is the secret to our success. That he was manifest in the flesh. And if you look at cults, I have books. When I first got when I was first a believer back in eighty four and five, at my first job I I was partnered I was I was that was a computer installer. I was partnered with a Jehovah Witness. Man, this guy was like all in. He was JW. He was he was all in. So, which I'm so glad now, looking back, that God paired me with someone like that, because it really let me sharpen my sword, so to speak, and learn. Like what? And you know, sometimes He had me doubting because I didn't know my Bible. He would have me doubting because He really uh, was very convincing in His arguments. The number one mark of a cult is number one here: God manifest in the flesh. They don't believe that Jesus Christ that came and died for us was God himself in a human body with God's blood born of a virgin so that is always the mark of a cult if they don't believe number one and they're not going to tell you that outright I mean the JW is not going to say well we don't believe Jesus was really God they kind of skirt around it with this logos theory and Jesus being begotten, and they, they've got some gymnastics, some verbal gymnastics to get around it, but when you look behind it, they don't believe that Jesus was God himself. So that's a big one. That's probably why this mystery is always listed first. The secret, secret to our success, to our godliness, being, the, being able to be good, is because of these six things, and of course, him being God is chief. And the reason they do that is to get you hooked in. Hook you in, yes. They make a lure, just like fishing. Steve's talked about fishing. They, yeah, they, they dangle it in front of us. They're, they're good lifestyle. They're good morals. They're very pleasant people. And I hate to pick on JWs because, you know, we've got Mormons. We've got all, a whole bunch well, of cults. Any of them, yeah. You know, they make themselves look good and just to get you yeah. in, and then next thing you know, you're hooked. They do. They love bomb us. Mm-hmm. You know, because if you go to one of their churches... They love bomb you. They just they love on you. Oh, you're awesome. You tell me all about you, shaking your hand, patting you on the back, and they just love you, bringing you pies, and it's hard it's hard to turn that down, you know. So, uh, so if any JW's watching, bring me a pie, and we'll talk. But, yeah. So anyway, so the six part plan of the mystery of godliness. Number one, Jesus was manifest in the flesh. There's lots of verses. I just listed a few of the verses. First chapter of John, First John. You know Ray Blau or not Ray Blauers, Ray Vallejo is, I believe, in this class. He was going to start coming again. 
He spoke yesterday at the uh, men's breakfast, Ray Vallejo, and he did an awesome job. It was just really good and powerful. And uh, he kind of went through First John, uh, elaborating on, on how Jesus was the Word, capital W, and began, and the Word became flesh. And so it really resonated with me since I'd been thinking about this. But I was hoping he'd be here today. But he's he was really good yesterday, and him and Stacy uh, going through a lot of stuff that they really need our our prayers. But all right, so God was manifested in the flesh. There's a few verses justified in the Spirit. Romans 1 3. I mean, everything Jesus did made God happy. You know, he was, he, he did good. He did, there's really nothing to say about that. He did a good job. I like the scene of angels, and this is a cool concept I learned early on. The prophets and the angels, I meant to put 1 Peter 10 12, uh, 1, 1, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 10 and 12. The, it, it almost appears like the angels are a little bit jelly of what we get to go through. The angels uh, are very curious. Yeah, a little jelly. Lauren uses that word. So. Um, yeah, I'm thinking about food. No, but the, the angels marvel at what we get to go through. We are so unique in God's creation that we were born with, in a fallen state, in a fallen image of, of Adam. And through God's plan, we're called now sons of God. Like... The, the other creation is and and it's almost like you get the impression especially in first peter chapter one that the angels are like looking over the banisters of heaven just excited and, and marveling at what we get to do and believe that we get to a choice we can choose god and godliness or we can not and then choose the consequences and uh, and they're always very active in everything Jesus did. You know, they sung the the heavenly choir at his birth. You know, we sing they talk about at Christmas. They were there ministering to Jesus during his forty day temptation, and at his death, you know, taking him up. So they were participants in Jesus' life and in the, in the plan of salvation, but they don't actually participate in it like we get to. You know, we're very unique in that. And I think that's cool. Uh, then he's preached unto the Gentiles. Um, you know, all through the book of Acts, I mean, the, the gospel's preached. You know, that's basically what that's talking about, that, that we all get to partake in it. He's believed on in the world. That's how we get saved, Romans 10. And then when he went up into glory, he's now up with God. So those are kind of six. It kind of covers the... Uh, the incarnation, the justification, the crucifixion. It's Jesus' life, those six parts. Now, who knows what the number six means in the Bible? It's the number of man. I think that's kind of cool. Because first you think, why aren't there seven? It could be seven. But there's six. Six is the number of man, so it makes sense. Because this is all done for man. Alright, so that is really the mystery of godly. It's the mystery on how can we be godly is because of Christ what he did for us um, we don't need to lead those two lives we don't need to dog paddle through this life and just try to be good hope we make it to the end we just need to relax and I thought of this little puzzle thing the other day 
actually pondered this thought for like 20 minutes. It's kind of embarrassing sometimes how long it takes me to formulate a thought. <laughs> but, you know, I've talked several times. Over the last couple of years, we went through the entire Bible. Every week we did a different book. We started in Genesis, like almost three years ago now. And every week we talked about a different book. And, and I talked about how whenever I went through the Bible, I'm like, it's like we're building a puzzle. And all of us are building a puzzle. And our, our life is a puzzle. It's a beautiful picture. And when we study the Bible and I go through these books, I'm like giving you like the, the side pieces. Because when you put a puzzle together, you, the first thing you do is make the frame. You pick out all the side pieces. Now I pick out my four corners. And now I start filling out the picture. So when we went through the Bible over the last couple of years, you know, I kind of taught everyone the side pictures and we started putting our puzzles together, learning biblical truth. And, and then we've covered different topics of missions and discipleship and things like that where we're filling in the picture. The actual last missing puzzle piece would be like this mystery of godliness the last piece that makes the whole thing work, beautiful picture is finished now. It's because of what Jesus did for us and the life that we can now lead and that we can be godly now because of these six things. So that little last puzzle piece is the mystery. It's not a mystery anymore. It's been revealed. This, this is it. This is how you be good. So That's kind of my thing on the mystery of godliness. So now when you think of that, Think of the puzzle piece. This is how you can be good, godly, morally upright. So, any questions? I got done a little early. I'm used to doing one hour. So, how do we be good stewards of that? Well, you would do it. You would be. You would strive to be a godly person. And learning, learning about these things, learning these truths is how you would be that godly person. You can't, I mean, there's an old saying about what you believe dictates your behavior. If you really believe something, then you're going to behave a certain way. When you learn Bible truth and you know consequences of sin, consequences of godly living, and the rewards you get from godly living, and the, and, and the consequences of not godly living... And you learn all these things. It changes your behavior. And you also know there's a performance review coming. You know, all the hoopla about the rapture. If that's today, we're going to be at the judgment seat of Christ. And that's the terror of the Lord to some people. So, to be good stewards of this mystery, you would need to learn what God says. Learn these truths. Be godly. Strive to be godly. And get ready for your performance review. But um, anyway, that's kind of my thought on that. Anything else? I like the way you worded uh, the noun god godliness. Yeah. That kind of describes godliness. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully everyone here has found the missing puzzle piece because you can't be godly without knowing Jesus, knowing the mystery. So, all right. So next week, the next mystery will be uh, Christ and the church, which is another cool one. Lots of cool things about that. Uh, So we'll tune in for that. I think that's it for me. Yep.
Diana Brown. Hey, everybody's here. No oh, yeah. So we'll close up in just a minute. Let me uh, just uh, re rehearse or refresh. Jim said that uh, this mystery, uh, Romans gave us a good definition. Uh, the revelation of mystery which was kept secret since the world began but now is made manifest by the scriptures of the prophets so so the scriptures and, and we could have looked at a lot of scriptures mm -hmm. where uh, it, the Bible says that Jesus is God he was God manifest in the flesh and that that is a pretty wild thought isn't it that that uh, I had a friend of mine say that uh, the only way for God to die was to become man and die on the cross. So, in a, in a way, uh, uh, Christ, God died for you. It says He purchased the church with His own blood. Yeah, that's the blood of God. Uh, Acts twenty twenty eight. And so He's purchased us. He's uh, bought our redemption. And uh, I, I do like Jim's Boy Scout analogy. Yeah. This this. Uh, it helps me understand Jim better too. He was a Boy Scout. I was like, oh, okay, yeah. that makes sense. <laughs> but uh, yeah. because I know I get caught up in knowledge and learning more. But when you said just to you know float and relax and rest yeah. in His promise, I need to hear that. I, I don't know if you need yeah. to hear that, but yeah. all of us have got so many distractions and. Uh, you know, I, I feel like I'm worn slick a lot of the times, and so just to rest in these promises, that was uh, that was refreshing, Jim. I needed to hear that, and uh, hopefully you did too. Uh, any other comments? Uh, you, you guys, new folks, just taking it in? Uh, anything you want to share? Or ho hopefully. Uh, so anyway, it, it's revealed through the Scripture. If, if we're to be good stewards of it, we do need to learn it. Mm -hmm. I, know it. I mean, you can't do your job well if, if you don't know what you're supposed to do, right? Yeah, that's a good point. And uh, so the, these six things, and, and uh, the angel thing, and uh, what was it, received in the Spirit? Yeah, received up in the glory. Yeah, I, 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 think, uh, I think of his baptism. When Jesus was baptized... The Holy Ghost uh, came on him on the spirit of a dove, and uh, he was manifest to Israel who he was. And so, those six things kind of segment his life, and and so uh, teaches us how to be godly. Romans, what do you say? Romans, what? Romans. The mystery. The Romans 16, uh, 25 and 26. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, well, let's. Uh, Go, Lord. Uh, Leo, why don't you close in prayer? Uh, you can do it in Spanish, and we'll agree with you. Yeah. Pray? Pray? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Now we're in trouble. We're agreeing with Leo. No. Padre Celestial, estamos en su presencia, Padre. Gracias por este día, Señor. Gracias por permitirnos gozar nuevamente de su palabra. Reunidos aquí, Padre. Gracias por cada una de tus enseñanzas, Señor, y por proveer enseñanza a lo que nos enseña el Señor, gracias por todo Padre le pedimos una gracia en nombre de nuestro amado Señor Jesucristo, amén Amén, amén. 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 amén.